welcome to Play by Players, an MLSPA podcast. This show is brought to you by the players and is all about the players, both past and present, who have plied their trade in MLS. You'll hear about each player's journey into the game, their careers and life after the game, on the field and off. It's all on the table. Now here's your host, former MLS player, Bobby Boswell. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Play by Players. We are joined today by one of the younger talents in MLS. Um, he really just burst onto everybody's scene. He's getting a lot of love lately because it's much deserved. Uh, he is an MLS Cup champion already. Uh, he was an All-American in college. Um, he was an academic All-American. We'll talk a little bit about that. Smart guy as well. We don't uh, we don't get a lot of those guys on uh, podcast with, with me, Bobby Boswell, but uh, we're grateful to have him here today. Please welcome from the Columbus crew, Miguel Berry. Thanks, Bobby. Really appreciate it. Uh, you know, academic All-American is uh, not something, uh, you know, I'm proud, obviously, but, you know, in the MLS locker room, that's not something that uh, you can really boast about, but uh, as you probably know, but yeah. Yeah, but mo- most of the guys now don't even know what that means, so, you know, they... <laughs> They just they, they can't even spell academic, and that's how you should respond to that. Say if you can spell the word academic, you can make fun of me, and you'll end ninety percent of those conversations. Yeah, I have to ask the question in Spanish though for, for, for most of those guys anyway. So yeah, well, um, you know, funny you should bring up Spanish. Uh, your story is 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 awesome. I I normally when I say I have a I'm today I'm doing a podcast with a Spanish American. I I think people say, well, I don't think you're supposed to say it that way. I say, no, no, no. He's He's actually from Spain. I'm not being a, a, a true Texan and not knowing where this guy's from. So um, you are you are a Spanish uh, born person. Uh, you were born in, uh, I believe, Barcelona. Um, yeah. you, moved to, you moved to America at an early age. But um, let's talk a little bit about being from Spain. Uh, you see, I've got this shirt behind me for those that watch this on YouTube. Uh, this is a shirt I got doing a a promo with, uh, I call it the golden generation of Spain. I've got Sergio Ramos and Xavi and Iniesta and all these guys signed this shirt. So it's kind of crazy that I have it, but, uh, you were someone that grew up playing soccer, being from Spain during the golden generation. I mean, talk to me about how that, uh, influenced you before we talk about you transitioning to, uh, to America, even though I know that happened during, uh, some of this. Yeah. Um, Obviously, I'm incredibly lucky. Uh, you know, none of my none of my parents grew up playing soccer, um, but my bro- my older brother did there, and uh, it was the kind of thing where you know at, at three you're you're surrounded by it, and it's it's really the best way to, to improve with the game and, and just yeah how I fell in love with the game, um, and and there you're just immersed in it twenty four seven whether you're watching games or or playing it at, at, at you know in the streets or at school. Um, I, I, I was inc- I'm really, looking back now, I realized how incredibly fortunate I was to, uh, to have had that. Um, and obviously talk about the golden generation. Uh, I mean, just watching them, I, I'm so jealous of that shirt, man. Uh, they, they brought me so many, uh, so many joyful memories. So, uh, that's awesome. You got that. Yeah. My, my claim to fame is I, I was always voted like worst best in the locker or worst dressed in the locker room. <laughs> and, uh, for this, for this event, I wore like some big boots and, uh, and some of the guys, you know, they didn't talk to us a whole lot, but they told me they liked my boots. Sergio Ramos told me that. And I was like, he's got this style. So I, I never let those guys live it down in that. It's like, you guys make fun of the way I dress, but, you know, I'm getting compliments from from some of these uh, internationally known players that are known for how they dress off the field. So, um, you know, that was an honor for me. But 
let's let's talk about you moved uh, you moved to California when you were eight. Talk to me a little bit about uh, at that point. You know, you're old enough. I have children. They're old enough to remember that. Meaning, you could remember living in Spain. You can remember moving. Um, were you excited to come to the U.S.? Were you uh, were you indifferent on it? Talk to me a little bit about that. I was definitely not excited about the move. <laughs> definitely not. Um, but you know, when, when you're eight, I think I got teammates now who have kids who, you know, from, from Vito Warmger from the Netherlands who've come over and that, you know, they of course throw up a big fit when they have to leave their home, but now they're all excited, uh, cause they're not happy. And it's similar with me, you know, the first six months you're complaining. And then after that, you forget, you forget you're lived in another country, but, um, you know, it was, it was difficult at first for sure. Cause culturally, um, you know, I, my brother and I had to learn all the rules about American football and, and we went from playing soccer every day to playing American football and baseball. And honestly, you know, I'm not a big fan of, of, you know, of those sports. Uh, I, although I am playing fantasy football this year, uh, okay. <laughs> essentially okay. donating a hundred dollars to the, to, to the, to the team here. Money, but, well, um, it's money well spent. <laughs> so I've heard, so I've heard, but, um, you know, obviously culturally it's incredibly difficult and youth soccer was, was a you know, roller coaster ride for me. Um, obviously no no mls academies or anything like that in san diego and i mean probably when when, when you played as well there weren't really many mls academies so um there it was one of those things yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so uh it was it was you know really difficult um youth soccer is just this country is a little bit weird when it comes to youth soccer but um you know i i, I like to say that i managed to get through it <laughs> so it, it all turned out for the best well, uh, we kind of joked before this thing started, you know, you, you moved from Barcelona, where it's great weather, to San Diego, which is arguably um, the best weather, you know, in the country and arguably in the world. Um, so, I mean, you can't be too upset to be moving to Southern California as at any point in your life, right? No, no. And, and that's that's a dream to, to go back, I think, at some point. Um, you know, it's an amazing place. I was there on loan at, at the, with the USL team for, for a month this season earlier, and it's one of those things that you forget about how good you have it. You go out there and every day, you know, it, I think it rained one day I was there and people were just depressed. They were complaining. And the day I flew back to Columbus, it was pouring rain. And it was like June or, or it was like, what is going on here? It's just, um, but yeah, like you said, I mean, you can't complain about that. Uh, it's, it's, it's the best in the world. Well, you, uh, you mentioned MLS academies, uh, they're not being around just so you know, when I was your age at that point, uh, MLS didn't even exist. So, um, <laughs> they definitely didn't have MLS academies, but that, you know, that's neither here nor there. I don't need to talk about how old I am. Um, you know, you, you end up in the San Diego area. I, I'm, you know, you said you've listened to an episode before. I'm sure, you know, I butcher names. Is it, is it Poway? Poway, Poway. Poway. Oh, okay. I the tried to look it Poway, up with yeah. it. It had the symbols and I, I was just, I couldn't do it. You know, it, you're, yeah. you're, you're fluent in several languages, right? Yeah. Yeah. Spanish, English, and I, I dabble in German as well. So, um, okay. Yeah. I, I only know that cause I saw, you know, looked at your Instagram page um, and people are writing in all these different languages and, <laughs> and I know they have a translate function, but you're like responding right away and with like understanding what they're saying. So it's like, I think this guy speaks uh, at least three or four languages, which is, uh, which is pretty cool. But uh, we're talking about Poway or Poway. <laughs> yeah. However you want to say it, honestly. Honestly, Poway. they, they should really change that place. <laughs> I'm going to call it Poway. And uh, you talk, talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, you're saying that the soccer system is kind of confusing, but you were – I know early on you were, uh, is it San Diego surf, which, yeah. you know, that was, that was a big club, you know, yeah. throughout most, anyone that's played soccer in America should know that club just cause they, their national 
title contenders, it seemed like every year on some level. So, um, you know, talk to me a little bit about being the Spanish kid. Now you're in a new country and, uh, you know, the country you come from is dominating every single competition known to man. Um, <laughs> and the expectations of you being, you know, uh, uh, I think you were undersized and you weren't a, a giant yeah. like you are now, but talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, when I came here, we didn't know, you know, you, in Spain, you play for the local club. So I actually originally played for Rancho Bernardo Renegades, um, which I think they've changed their name so many times now they're a different club. But uh, it was one of those things where I went from, you know, playing with a coach who we, we used to pass out, play out of the back and he, he wouldn't let us go forward. And we had to do, he called these the windshield wipers. So he'd pass the ball back and forth side to side. And he would find, we lost like 15 zero because he wouldn't tell us to go forward. Uh, he wouldn't let us go forward. And I went from that to, to playing on teams where like kids were like, picking dandelions in the game and I was just so and I'm hyper competitive I was I was I cry I was one of those kids who cried every time they lost or they didn't play well and I was so I was lost for, for years it was the kind of thing where you know I'd go and I ended up at surf and you know I, I was I probably struggled for a bit because like you said I was I, I you know I was late to, to mature and I went from being you know like a you know young superstar like when I was younger I was I was one of the better players in my age group always and you know, I went from being young and, and talented to, you know, kind of middle of the pack. And, and uh, you know, I remember I, I didn't start one game in my youth soccer career. And I'll never forget it because the coach before the game said, yeah, we're going to we're going to play the big lads today. And I thought, oh, that's not me. <laughs> and uh, it's funny the you know, the, the three of us who, who didn't end up starting that game were, were three of the guys who ended up going the furthest in, in, in soccer. So that's a uh, that's, you know, something to remember. But, um, yeah, it was definitely tough for a while. But uh you know, yeah. it came through on the other side. I mean, it, it makes sense, though, if you think about it. Uh, I was also a late bloomer. I didn't grow till my sophomore year of high school. And I was kind of like this short little fat kid. And I wasn't fast. I'm not sure I ever became fast, but <laughs> I, I was slower than I was uh, when I got taller. But I, I think you develop your skills, whereas these other kids, you know, they rely on their athletic ability, especially if they're an early bloomer. And then everybody you know, at some point catches up and then it comes back to uh, what kind of skills and what kind of abilities do you have? So um, it sounds like you had the same experience. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, that's 100% true. And I think it's almost like, it's almost my, my potential as a player now is, is even, I think that that reflects on that strongly because, you know, I haven't been, you know, I, I was never really a target forward. I was never really a big guy, but all of a sudden I'm 6'3 and, and, and I'm big and, and it's like now they can use me like that, but that's really not what my strengths are. So it's the kind of thing where as soon as you develop that and you kind of I, I feel like I can be more than just that as well. And, and I have other other traits and other abilities that, that kind of differentiate me. Um, so I'm really actually grateful for that. Um, you know, like you said, it's it's the best way to actually develop, you know, soccer, because, you know, when you're 15, you don't you're not not necessarily the best soccer player is the one with the most success. But uh, that's the best way to develop. Oh, well, no, I, I joke around every time I go back to Tampa, um, there's a group of guys I get together with and they always buy me a shot and they say, cheers to one of us making it. And then they shoot it and they say, we were all better than you. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were. But, um, you know, they paid me more than they paid you guys to do it. So, um, well, let's talk. So we go to high school. Um, you know, you've heard it before. I'm a big fan of uh, looking up high schools and kind of, you know, I, I think it's interesting, right? You and the stuff when I'm researching you and um, looking you up, you know, you're very well spoken and, um, you know, you're a big, good looking guy. Uh, and then I look at some of the notable alums and it's like your school, uh, you know, y'all were the Tommy Titan mascot. I don't know. Yeah. What, what is what is that? I mean, just 
do you think that as a Spaniard American, like that's kind of a weird mascot? I mean, I think Tommy's just a name, but like the Titan itself, I, I mean, honestly, I never really gave it much, much thought. Uh, you know, it's just like, I always, I think mascots are kind of stupid if I'm being honest, but, but uh, don't oh, tell the crew a, cat hey, I said that, but hey, that's a big American <laughs> thing. You better watch out. Yeah. Don't tell the crew cat I said that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, it, it's just one of those things where like, you know, it's one of those, my friends now in a lot of them are in the UK. I played, played in college with them. They, they all make fun of me for that and, and, and power it all that. And, I really don't give it any thought. It's not anything that yeah. I, that I remember. It doesn't stand out, but they, they seem to like to look it up and make fun of me for it. So, well, just so you know, I, I, I only talk about mascots because almost everybody has a stupid mascot at some point. <laughs> exactly. In their life and, and it's, it's fun to focus on that and just remind people yeah. uh, that, you know, yeah, it's a stupid one, but Hey, good news. Uh, even though you're, you're very young, uh, in your MLS career, you are one of the notable alums. <laughs> uh, and, and what's interesting is that part of that part of the country, it seems like, um, you know, you've got your your baseball players. You got Tony Gwynn Jr. from your your alma mater. Uh, you got a lot of football players, yeah. uh, but you also have some some pretty interesting ones. You have Miss America winners, Victoria's Secret models. <laughs> um, and then the craziest one is uh, is the rock bands. Uh, it's Agent 51, yeah. Train, which that's a throwback to someone yeah. my age, not yours, but uh, Blink-182 Blink alum. Blink-182 is the big one, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty cool, man. And, and you know, is that is that kind of indicative of the culture uh, that you grew up in? or? Um, not so much. The, the thing is with Blink-182, it's like, um, you know, people say this about, you know, the killer's Mr. Brightside. Like, one of Bl- a Blink-182 song will come on and you'll not know it, but you'll know every word. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's yeah. one of those things where, where they're, you know, they're so big there and, um, you know, they're cool guys. I, all my, all my teachers like taught them and it was the kind of thing where you hear stories about them and they didn't care in class at all. And they just, <laughs> they were out there doing their own thing. And they, I mean, they ended up hitting it big, but it's, it's, it's so cool because sometimes I, sometimes I put on them, I'm not, you know, big into, into punk rock or anything like that, but sometimes I'll put on the music just cause you know, it's, it's, it's like, Oh, I didn't it's even you, know I know the song, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's where you're from. yeah, exactly. Well, well, you bring up the Killers. The Killers are my favorite band, so I could tell you every song the Killers ever <laughs> sang. But that's neither here nor there. Another famous alum, uh, throw it to MLS, is Marvell Wynn, who, um, you know, he's a very interesting guy, MLS Cup champion like himself. Yeah. Um, and we uh, we we plan on having him on the podcast at some point to tell his story. But um, you know, let's let's talk about uh, you know the the club soccer. I know your story in terms of. Um, you know, you have some uh, battle with disease in your family and it looks like at some point you decided to start playing uh, closer to home, which, you know, kind of, it seems to be a reoccurring theme with you in terms of you you hinted at it earlier, you come back from MLS to play for the Loyals. Um, You know, talk to me a little bit about uh, having to leave club soccer and the surf to come back uh, closer to home to be, to be around your family. Yeah. So when I was uh, 16, my mom got diagnosed with uh, glioblastoma multiform, which is a form of brain, uh, brain cancer. Um, and uh, I was playing with the server at the time. It was like tryout season were coming up and the academy coach wanted me to, you know, come out for the 97 academy, which I think they go by, you know, six, I think it was 16s then. And um, it was the kind of thing where I was, I was thinking about it because it's you know academy soccer at the time was starting to grow and it was the kind of thing where it's like you know that's if you want to make it that's what you have to do and you know things at home just got tough she needed more care and I ended up deciding to go play 
club soccer again at, at the local club where, you know, I think it was San Diego soccer club, which was the renegades where I, when I first came to America and I, I ended up playing a year up because I, I, you know, I think that was probably the best thing for me. And I played for my eventual college coach. And it was the kind of thing where during that year, I kind of, you know, played with people who, you know, supported me and my family. And um, for the first, I kind of fell in love with the game again. You know, I didn't realize how jaded I was and, and how it sounds stupid because when you're 16, you shouldn't be tired of, of the politics. But, I mean, it's the truth in, in youth soccer, really, in, in Southern California, and I'm sure other places. But um, it, it was the kind of thing where I realized, you know, as she was, you know, it, it was terminal disease and we, we knew it was, what was going to happen. And it was the kind of thing where I learned that, you know, if, what, what makes me happy, you know, you should do it the rest of your life. And I trained harder on my own than I ever had before. And I love doing it. It, it was every day. I just loved playing. Um, and I'm so thankful for that. I think I was there eight months at the club and it was the kind of thing where I ended up getting a, a, a division one scholarship offers from there. And it just was the perfect place for me. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of, you kind of hinted at something that I, I wanted to talk about and that, you know, you know, you talk about 16, um, you know, I had, I had my, I didn't have any reason to have like a nervous breakdown, <laughs> but it's like at 16, I kind of had one just in my personal life. It's like, so I think it's just a weird age in general. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, like I said, I didn't even have a reason. I almost like wanted a reason, like, why am I so angry and what's going on, you know, but um, you know, in your case uh, I just, I wasn't sure if, if soccer, you know, it sounds like you, you kind of used it as an outlet and it, it really, it really helped you. Uh, like you said, you found an, another love for it that you didn't know you had and uh, it helped you through a, a pretty tough time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, an outlet's a great way to put it. And it was, it was the kind of thing where I could really, you know, for how two hours of training, you could, you know, forget about everything else and, and just go in and, and have fun and, and, and be a kid. And because the rest of my life, honestly, I was, I kind of had to grow up fast because you know, my, my dad worked a lot and someone had to be at home taking care of her. My brother was in college at the time. And it was the kind of thing where, you know, for that two hours, I could be 16. And for the rest of my life, I had to be, you know, uh, you know, a man at that point. But for those two hours of training, I could be 16, enjoy it and have fun. Um, and looking back now, it's it's really what shaped my life and turned me into who I am today. And it's, you know, you don't want to say you're grateful to have gone through that because obviously you, I would much rather have my mother here today than than uh than have gone through that but it's the kind of thing where i i acknowledge how important it was uh in creating me and and my family and and i mean my brother and i are probably closer now than we probably would be if uh if that hadn't happened so you have to look at the positives in life and and definitely a lot of positives came from that from uh, those experiences yeah it's very mature beyond your years um you know, you keep referencing your brother. For those that don't know, his brother is an analyst at ESPN. There's uh, recently, if you watch Sports Center, you got to see um, your brother made an appearance. I always think that's really cool uh, that uh, you know someone can have success in their life, and it it shines a light on uh, what their family members are doing. So, uh, kudos to you for that. Um, you know, and the last thing I'll talk about, just uh, you know, in terms of uh, grief and and dealing with uh, something like that is. You're pretty young. Uh, the MLS, you know, they have a lot of initiatives. Teams have a lot of initiatives. I'm sure in college you had a lot of volunteer opportunities. Um, you know, I spent uh, uh, almost my whole career doing humanitarian things, working with, uh, you know, people affected by specifically cancer. I had a breast cancer initiative here in Houston. Um, I worked in D.C. going to children's hospitals, same thing here in Houston. And it was always tough for, I think it was toughest for people that had actually been through 
some of those scenarios, but I also thought they, they were the best people at, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, the emotions that went with it and they could relate to people. And, and I think the people really appreciate that families, especially families with little kids. Um, I think it's been tough with COVID because you might not have had these opportunities, but is that something that you think, um, you know, you, you're, you're able to do and, and do you look, you know, do you have a, something that team's helping you with in terms of building initiatives, working, working with people that have been through uh, something like that or are going through it? 100%. Uh, my college team, we were part of Team Impact where um, uh, uh, we had a young kid with, uh, with cancer, I, I believe uh, lymphoma, uh, kind of joined our team and and um, you know, we, me and my my best friend and captain in in, in college, Henry Lander, we, we spent a lot of time with with him, and I'm I'm still friends with him to this day. He still texts me after every game, and it's the kind of thing where, you know, and we had Matt Lampson as well here in Columbus, who who is big. I mean, he's humanitarian of the year, I think, three times yep. uh, of the year. Lamp strong. Yeah, Pete. I mean, for me, pediatric cancer is something that that because of my relationship with um, Derek from, from team impact, it's, it's something that really has, has kind of stood out to me. And, you know, for me, I, I wasn't a kid who, who struggled with cancer. Obviously my, my mother had cancer. I know how tough it was, you know, for me, but for me, the hardest part was for her, you know, she probably struggled more than I, more than I ever would. So, and I see these kids and they have such a bright future. And, and I, the, the most important thing for me is, is, you know, to get the most out of them and, and their lives and their future and, and to make them happy. And I think that's something that I definitely want to want to be, be part of. I love what, what Matt does. He's, he's, he's brought kids to uh, the stadium, uh, just started back up again because of, because of COVID and everything. It's been really tough. I, I don't think I've, you know, we haven't had any MLS appearance, like appearances or yeah. things like that that are normal. Yeah, it's, it's tough. I, it's tough yeah. right now. <laughs> I hear stories about what the MLS is, is supposed to be and things that are supposed to be normal, but I mean, none of it's really, you know, I, we had fans for the, I played with in front of fans for the first time this year. So it was, it was, uh, it's been strange obviously, but it's something definitely I want to be a part of. It's, it's so important. Yeah. I think that, I think that's great. Um, you know, let's, let's, you kind of talked about playing for your college coach at the club level. So uh, obviously that probably had an impact on your decision, uh, also didn't want to leave the wonderful weather, uh, you know, talk to me a little bit about, you, you said you got some offers. Um, how'd you, how'd you end up deciding to go, uh, to university of San Diego? Yeah. So, uh, I went, I went back to surf my eight, my 18th year after, after that, that year I spent it at the local club and, um, you know, university of San Diego was in, um, my college coach at surf or my coach at surf was trying to get me tickets to, to go to Duke, uh, his alma mater. And it was the kind of thing where, you know, obviously Duke's a much more prestigious ACC school, but it, for me, I wanted to go somewhere where I knew I could play. Because that's that's how – I'm a player who, you know, I think I showed it this year where you can kind of throw me in the fire and you give me a couple couple goes at it and I'll figure it out quick. Um, and I wanted to play my, my, my freshman season. I knew that was really important to me. I knew San Diego was going to give me a fair opportunity to play. Um, and so I, I really chose their – just to the basis that I knew I was, I was going to play substantially my first, my first year. It didn't really give much thought to, uh, you know, the MLS draft to that point, which probably in hindsight was a little naive because it's, it's hard to get any recognition out of the, the West coast conference really. But, um, you know, uh, it, I'm really grateful for my decision. Uh, it was really probably the best three and a half years of my life, uh, hands down. Uh, I met great people, friends for life, you know, um, I'm sure you in college had, had similar experiences where it's just, you know, some memories that you'll remember forever. And um, 
I'm really grateful because it was, I mean, I, I think I got lucky. I, I really, you know, made the right, made the right choice. So. Yeah, no. And you, and you had a lot of success there. Um, before we talk about your successes, specifically the, the 19 season, um, you know, you, this, the coaching story, it's kind of crazy. And that there aren't many people I've met at any sport that can say their head coach became their assistant coach and their assistant coach became their head coach <laughs> at some point. And I mean, that, that happened while you were there, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those things. It was, it was long foreseen though. It wasn't, it, it wasn't a surprise. If that, if that came as a surprise, it definitely would have been, it would have been okay. really weird, but we knew it was coming. Um, well, well, so Seamus, yeah. Seamus McFadden is the coach for those that, that follow college soccer. He's got a legendary career. And then for MLS 1.0 fans, uh, I'll throw a name out there. Brian Quinn was uh, the assistant coach. They'll, people will know him from, I think he coached San Jose, the clash, the uh, clash. Back, yeah. Back in the day, but he was your assistant coach that eventually became your head coach. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he was associate assistant coach, I think for the first two years where he kind of was already transitioning into the head coach role, but um, Seamus had the final say uh, for those two years. And, and then uh, he, you know, he took over and it was something that, uh, you know, it, not much actually changed, but um, it was, it was interesting because they're very different people. I think, uh, you know, Brian is, is, is so intense and type A and Seamus, it was his 38th and 39th year that he was our head coach. So by then, you know, you're, you're laid back, you've seen everything you're, yeah. you know, what to expect. So it was, you know, as you know, you know, new coaches come in they want to, they want to make their, they want to stamp, you know, their, their way of playing. And, um, you know, it was, it was an interesting transition, but I mean, Brian's a great guy. I, I talk to him all the time. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's, you know, really had a big impact on me and he's been so helpful in my young career. So, yeah, I just thought it's funny, right? Cause we just had the Suarez, um, or Juarez, sorry, uh, Freddie Juarez leaving Salt Lake to go be an assistant at <laughs> Seattle. And I was thinking, you know, a lot of people were like, that's insane. And then I see this story and I was like, I was like, Miguel's been through this on a different level, you know, like it's not crazy to him, but, um, let's talk about some of the success you had. Um, you know, you scored 38 goals in 72 games. Uh, you know, I looked up, I'm a nerd numbers nerd. I looked up all your numbers. Um, you know, you, you have a really great scoring record. Um, you know, I know the sample size in MLS is a little small right now, um, but it's been pretty consistent, you know, whether it was at the PDL or, you know, what is now the USL um, level and college, it's the same. So uh, scored a ton of goals. I think you led the, nation and scoring the, the 2019 season where you were an all American. And, uh, you know, it's funny to me that they had two. you got co-player of the year for your conference, uh, when you led the nation in scoring, but, um, you know, you kind of hinted at the, the WCC being a little, uh, a little different. <laughs> um, but just talk to me a little bit about, uh, at what point did you start, you know, you, you kind of said, I didn't think about going pro, but at what point, when you're having this success at college, did you think, man, I, I think I can do this at the next level? You know, I, I really always uh, want to go pro, but for me, it was, I didn't really understand the steps I needed to take and, and what was important. And, and I didn't understand the difference in conferences, this and that. And I thought, I thought college soccer was college soccer across the board. And, um, you know, I didn't really go to a powerhouse school, but not to say we, we didn't have good players. Uh, I mean, we had guys who, you know, you know, the NCAA works where, these, they definitely played pro at a year in, in, in Germany or England. And, but, you know, the MLS, there's the, the, I don't understand, you know, what, what Schalke Academy means and, and, you know, Schalke under 19. So, 
um, they come over and I played with some great players and, um, you know, I, I luck, I think I scored more goals my freshman year and my sophomore year. And I was, my sophomore year, I was starting to go, Oh man, like, you know, I really got to score more if I'm going to get, get drafted. And my junior year, I think I, I rebounded a little bit, but my senior year, I kind of exploded and I kind of realized that, you know, most of my goals in college weren't, I know I didn't really get to sit in the box and like, you know, tap things in and just head them in. I had to kind of do a lot more legwork, um, which makes scoring here in MLS easier because I could just, I, I got, I got Lucas Zellerayan just whipping it in perfectly. And, and, and these guys who played in world cups and it's just, it's incredible, you know, how, how e- much easier my, my job is here than it was maybe in college sometimes, but yeah, you, you yeah. get, you get rewarded if you make the right run. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, these, I mean, you know, this, I think you play with, did you play with Darlington one year? Uh, uh, no, it, I've, I've always played against, I played against uh, Darlington yeah. and I, yeah. and I, I love Darlington. I played with, you know, I played with Perry Kitchen. Um, okay. I played with all, a lot of those Akron guys. And, um, you know, you give guys a hard time about loving someone, but <laughs> Darlington, I think, is one of the few guys that just deserves all the love that he gets. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, that guy is – we have some ridiculous soccer players in the Columbus crew. They're just yeah. guys who, who they do things, and I, I don't even – I didn't even think it was possible. Um, so, you know, those guys make playing forward really easy. So, uh, you know – College was was great. My senior year, I kind of got to explode a little bit and, and score and kind of put my name, you know, on the map, which is is big because you know most of the guys. I think I was the only. They're all ACC guys taken in front of me and and pretty much behind me, and it was me just alone in the WCC. So it was it was nice. Yeah, and uh, you know, you had a semifinalist for the Herman Trophy um, lost out to Robbie Russell, uh, who's in Miami. With he was at Clemson, um, but you know, let's let's fast forward. Well. Before we go there, talk to me a little bit about – it was in college where you were at Sounders 2 in Orange County. Yeah. Like, talk to me a little bit. I mean, did that – it sounds like you kind of always knew you were going to go, um, you know, pro, uh, but did that – you know, how did that – I think you had a little more success at Orange County than you did at Seattle, but yeah. at the same time, talk, talk to me about those experiences. Yeah, I played at Seattle my my freshman year summer, so I was still – you know, I was still a baby then um, kind of – and. You're and, still a uh, baby, by the way. Yeah, but that's okay. Keep going. Keep going. But um, yeah. So I played there my, my freshman year summer, and and oh man, it was one of those where where you're living in a in a place that uh, I was living in alone in, in in Kent, Washington, and it was just an interesting summer, you know. And and soccer was was we were training at like 9 p.m. at night. It was just it was interesting. It was uh, and then you know summer two, I they, you know they wanted me back, but I was like, ah, you know, I got to stay closer. And, and but um, no, no, Orange County was was a pretty cool opportunity. Obviously, USL is, is a lot different from MLS, but um, you know, it was it was still a good experience training with those guys and playing with those guys. And um, you know, it's funny because both years I went into the summer off off an injury, so I wasn't really fit when I showed up. And and cause we always had uh, a late ending school year. And then my last summer going into it, when I went back to Orange County, it was the first time I was fully fit. Um, I, uh, you know, going in, I didn't have any injuries or anything like that. And I kind of just really kind of took off from there. And I think that that really started my senior season. So um, it was really cool to get to train with those guys. I ended up playing against them a couple of times, too. Um, You know, some good professionals. I trained I I trained with uh, Kaisuke Honda one day. The Japanese internationally came came and trained one day. And it was it was surreal experience. but uh, yeah, d- definitely those those, you know, the PDL seasons. You know, when you're in those white vans eating Subway sandwiches before the game, they they shape you as the pro. I think <laughs> they make you realize uh, the 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 MLS per diem is is 
is is nice. <laughs> yeah, well, those were uh, early MLS days for me. <laughs> so those, I've heard. Were those so white bands? So <laughs> yeah. don't talk too badly about them. Um, before we talk about being drafted to Columbus, um, you know something that I think is important to you. Um, you know, you finished your degree in finance. Is that you finished that before you went to MLS? Is that right? Yeah, I did. I did. I three and a half years. I, I got out of there early, luckily. And the only reason I bring that up, I'm in finance. We don't talk about that, but it's funny because your favorite quote, I saw this quote, or I don't know if it's your favorite, but it's a, it's a, a quote that, um, you know, it talked about do your work during office hours. Don't take it home. And, and I don't know where you pulled that from. <laughs> you that, did that your one, research. You dug deep. <laughs> that one's see. I listen, I, I can find anything on the internet and that quote, I can't find that quote anywhere. So I'm like, is this, is this a Miguel Berry quote? And then I was like, on top of that, that's, you can't have that kind of quote and go into finance. And I was like, and then a pandemic where everyone works from home, you can't even have that quote either. But I, <laughs> I'm, I, it sounds like that I just made that up. Does that sound, sound like well, something I made you know, up? Knowing knowing my younger self, I probably definitely said something like that. But um, you know, as you know, you, you you're, you're a professional soccer player, twenty four hours of the day. So so you really kind of have to take your work home. Okay, that's. But um, I just want to give you a hard time, especially with the finance <laughs> background. Uh, that I thought that was a ridiculous quote. Um, you know, and now, and it, it's funny because I I also I poke I poke fun at it. But, you know, you've been talking about Schalke and you talk, you know, I, I read a quote, um, you know, after you scored against Cincinnati uh, with Vermeer, where like you'd watched him play in Europe. Like, I'm sure his own teammates didn't even know what clubs he played for before um, he got there. Uh, you seem like a real fan of the game and a student of the game. Is that an accurate assessment? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to I, I, I love watching and, you know, I'll, I'll watch the Turkish League. I'll, I'll watch anything that's on. Um, you know, I, I'm, it's just the one thing that I, in life that I found that I, I truly love. And I, I'm so blessed to have had that. And, um, I, you know, a lot of these guys in MLS and, you know, not to, I, I don't, it's not like I fanboy either because, you know, I, I think we played against Nani last week and it was just like, Oh, it's Luis Nani. It's, it's out there. It's normal. But, you know, it's, it's cool to think about, you know, my, my, my journey. We talked about my journey uh, before where, you know, I really had some tough times where I thought, yeah, you know, I'm, playing at the local club, I, I'm probably done after, after, you know, maybe, maybe you could go to college to play D2, D3, but, you know, to, to arrive where I am now playing against these guys on the same field is it's, it's surreal. Um, so, you know, it's, as a student of the game, it's, it's, it's amazing to, to kind of be in that right now. And, you know, obviously I'm living the dream, you know, I'm sure as, as you felt at some point in your career too. Yeah. And you make a joke about fanboying or not a joke, but it's a joke <laughs> to me because I was just at the all-star game and I got to the hotel and I'm in the elevator with Nani and he's got two security guys with him so that people like me don't talk to him. <laughs> but you got to realize I didn't, I didn't play in the league with Nani and I've only seen him with his shirt off and he looks huge. Right. And you've, you played against him like he's not very big um, compared to you. And I'm, I'm about the same size as you. So I was kind of looking at him si in the elevator, like kind of disappointed because I thought he was huge. And the security's like not loving me at all. And I just said, I'm sorry, guys. I'm not used to seeing him with his clothes on. And that was like the weirdest comment ever. And they're like, sir, just like stand to the side. Let us get off the elevator. Um, so I am a fanboy. I can still fanboy. Um, so I think you should embrace it. I think it's awesome 
that, uh, you, you know, I think you're more in line with the rest of the soccer world and <laughs> watching the Turkish league if it's on versus, yeah. uh, versus people that don't. So, yeah, probably. And I'll tell you what, Orlando city's got some big players. We, uh, it was one of those things, you know, on film, you don't look at it, you go out there and, and I'm a big guy, but I was looking at these guys and I'm going, wow. I mean, junior Urso, he's a big guy, the center back, Carlos and Janssen, they're big guys. Uh, Daryl DK that goes out saying that guy's enormous. So yeah, um, it's, it's, it's funny that Nani, Nani probably looks small compared to the rest of them, but he's, he's also, you know, he's, he's a, he's a big, strong guy too. But. Oh yeah. He's strong as an ox. I just, yeah. I just, I, I was going to be with me. Yeah, that, no, was, that, was, that was my letdown. It mentally, my brain just, <laughs> it, I couldn't hardwire, you know, it was, it was, it was, uh, you know, sand in my machine. So, um, well, let's talk about this. You didn't get invited to the combine. Did they even have the combine? Uh, uh there was, a, they did like this remote combine. It wasn't, you know, they normally go to like the Florida or the, you know, Orlando Fort SC Lauderdale. and, and they, yeah. they did like, they did this, this different combine and, um, I wasn't invited to the combine and I was really disrespected by that. And, you know, I didn't understand how the whole draft process went. So I ended up actually signing with galaxy two um, with the idea that, you know, I'll go to the preseason with the first team. And if I play well, they'll sign me with the first team. And I was very confident that that, that would happen. I think, you know, they had, they, they, they had a need for the position. And I knew that I could fill it. And, um, you know, draft day came around and, and all of a sudden I was draft eligible when I didn't think I was and, <laughs> You know, I hadn't heard anything about Columbus until the morning of the draft. I woke up for a text from my agent. Uh, what do you think about Columbus? And, you know, a <laughs> couple hours later, they were picking me. So that, that's that's really my, my draft story is kind of, you know, crazy. I'm not a big fan of the, the super draft, if I'm being honest, but um, <laughs> it ended up getting me an MLS ring. So, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah. like, lucky you got there and not, no offense to L.A., um, <laughs> you know, but that's that that works out for you. Right. You get taken seven. You go to, you know, you go to play for, I'd say you had two, two old coaches in college and then you go to play for a young coach, uh, and Caleb and, uh, you know, let's, let's talk a little about your first year. It's, I would say a first year for anyone, myself included was, you know, and I played a lot, it was still very tough, right? I mean, you have, you're not used to this long season and there's just all kinds of the learning curve is steeper. The, the speed of play is faster. Um, like you said, the guys are bigger. Um, you know, it's even a different league now than it was when I played in it, you know, four years ago. Um, talk to me a little bit about with COVID, um, it makes it even harder because you're not playing the U.S. Open Cup, meaning you don't have games to look forward to. Um, you know, you, you can't do some of the friendlies and some of the things you would normally do. And this is really all you've known, so it's kind of hard to compare it to yeah. anything. But, um, you know, talk to me a little bit about what it was like struggling. You, you've talked about how competitive you are and you just want to play. Um, but you know, you're in a pretty, you're an MLS cup winning side with some pretty good players. Yeah, obviously, you know, I got there and there's already, I was already the fourth forward on the roster or, or there were four forwards on the roster. Um, and, and we got through the first two days of camp and then it came out that we're signing Fernando Adi, um, as well, who was, you know, he played for Caleb in, in Portland and he's got what 50, 60 MLS goals. And it was the kind of thing where, you know, I was thinking, what, what am I doing here if they, these guys don't need me? Because, you know, I don't, I don't know anything about MLS rosters and any, this and that. And, and so we end up, you know, starting the season with four forwards on the roster. And, you know, preseason, I think, actually went okay for me, did all right. And I was building, you know, I, I felt like I was really, you know, turning a corner. And then all of a sudden, March, March turned around and, and we shut down. And, uh, you know, two months alone in Columbus without knowing anyone. And it was, it was, it was you know, tough two months. I was you know, trying to work out, do this and that, go on runs in the freezing cold. And, um, 
you know, we started back up again and man, like it, we started up quick and honestly it was the kind of thing where everyone was already at that level because they've been at the level they played at the level. And for me, I had to get back up there and you know, there's the bus isn't going to slow down for you. And I think for me, it was, it took me a little bit longer. Um, you know, I'll admit that. And, and that was frustrating for me because I found myself playing on the wing as well in training. I, I didn't play the nine from preseason last year until I believe it New York city. I started the game <laughs> Uh, against New York City this season. So it was, I, I didn't play the nine really in, in the MLS for like a year and a half. Um, so I was playing on the wing and I was struggling because, you know, I'm a six foot three guy who, who likes shooting. You know, I'm not going to wriggle at anything on the corner. I think I can do a job there, but I'm not really a winger. Um, but, uh, you know, so that was really tough. And obviously it was amazing to be part of a great team, great locker room and, and win MLS Cup is a great experience. But, um, you know, I really think as a player, I, I didn't really, you know, until I started playing forward again, you know, when I came back from loan this season, I feel like I, I still was missing a little bit because I, I didn't realize this then, but I do now that, you know, I'm, I'm a pure striker really. And that's really my best position. And, and, you know, I talked to Greg Berhalter actually in the off season, I'm good friends with the son. And, you know, he talked about the self doubt as a young player that, you know, sometimes, you know, as he, as he, everyone goes through it where, you know, you ask yourself, you know, can I really play here? Is this, this or that? And, he said it so frankly and it was, it was something that I really hadn't even thought about, but I thought ah, maybe it's true. And I went into the season and with a different mentality and you know, it's, it's worked out for me here in the last couple of months. So that's nice. Yeah, I know. And, and there, there was a lot in there. Um, first I would, I want to ask, um, you know, you talk about the locker room, there's some incredible role models and there's some, there's some really, I, I think some high quality characters in that locker room, you know, who, uh, you know, who took you under their wing or who, who helped you through those, yeah, that first, you know, everyone has guys that I think, I think everyone has guys that make it kind of hard their first year. And they, we don't talk a lot about that um, because I don't necessarily think that those guys are all bad, but you know, a, a bad guy to you could be a good guy to someone else. But I, I want to talk about the good guys, like who helped you, uh, well, you know, and when it was tough. The secret with the Columbus crew, the reason why I think this team had so much success is that I don't think we had anyone who was, you know, bad and even like even jokeable. I, I haven't even had to sing in terms of like, you know, you sing in front of the team. I haven't had to sing it. Like we, we don't do anything like that. It's we're very much like, you know, open with each other and friendly and, and kind. And honestly, I have a list, probably 10 players long of players who have one point or another helped okay. me. Jossie Sardes has been incredible with me. Um, Bradley Wright Phillips this year as well. Darlington Nagby has pulled me out of some tough spots. Uh, uh, Vito Vormgor and Aloy Room are our Dutch players. They, they've they've been great with me. This, they're probably two of my best friends on the team. But you know, when I think about me as a professional and all those tough days last year, I go back to uh, Josh Williams and 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 Hector Jimenez, um, two guys who, you know, similar stories to me where you know they weren't you know the biggest guys, the most recruited guys. I think Josh went to Cleveland State, and it's the kind of thing where like you know, they've had to work for everything they've, they've, they've earned, uh, you know, they've had to work for everything. And those guys are really who I want to model my life after, um, you know, Josh has been injured for a while. He's just come back and immediately in training, he's one of those guys who's competitive and he, he wants to yeah. win. And we, we play, I don't know if you know what tech ball is it's like head tennis, but it's like table tennis table. Yeah, yeah. And man, he talks trash all day. You want to he, thing is he's so good at it. Don't tell him I said that, but he's so good, but 
he talks trash all day and it's just you want to beat him but he, he makes you better every day in training those are the players who, who i value the most that's just the ohio guys they're just <laughs> yeah. they're just born they're just angry that they're from there it's really the florida of the north so that's it's not their fault you know <laughs> exactly copley ohio man I, I can't imagine being from there i feel bad for that's a terrible place <laughs> uh all right. Well, I appreciate that answer. Let, let's. You, you, you talked about coming back from loan, so you get loaned out. Um, you know, you're you're you go to San Diego. Uh, you play for Landon Donovan. Um, you know, talk to me a little bit about. You know, what were you thinking about getting loaned out? Were you excited to go get some minutes, or or you know, were you looking at it as a, a step back? And then talk to me. Well, let's answer that one first. Yeah. So so this year, um, you know, I I felt like I was ready this year. You know, last year maybe I didn't. Maybe I did last year, but I wasn't actually. But this year, I really felt like I was ready, um, you know, to play and to get minutes and to prove myself. And you know, I I, I don't think those came, and I I don't think it's 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 no secret. And I mean, Caleb told me himself that you know he he trusts trusts older guys, and and he has he puts his trust in veteran guys who have proved it and done it before. And and I respect that because I mean, if, if it's the truth, that's the truth. And for me, I felt like I was ready to to show what I can do, and I played against. Uh, you know, Monterey away in Monterey in the Champions League. I played yep. 20 minutes. And that was for me, that was my first experience. And so, I mean, that's a 50,000 seat stadium, but they were, they were killing us. And it they're was a great team. They're a great team. <laughs> great team. And it was, it was my first experience of, Hey, this is what professional soccer is. And, you know, I, I came on against uh, Toronto in Orlando stadium in front of no fans. And I felt like I played like five minutes, but you know, I, I felt like those five minutes really, prove to myself that hey i can do this and i'm ready and you know i realized he's you know i'm not gonna not gonna get playing time here so i asked to go on loan and earlier and they stayed said ah, we kind of need you here and i asked again and they said all right you know you can go on loan and i went on loan to san diego and you know my thought was i'm probably not even coming back to columbus and i'm just gonna work my tail off in san diego and we'll see what happens in the end of the year whether i'm here or somewhere else and um you know I was there a month and, and, uh, I get a call uh, getting, getting pre prepared for a game and I get a call saying, Hey, we need you back. Um, so I was on a plane, you know, eight hours later, uh, you know, flying back to Columbus and I really didn't know what to think. I, I honestly didn't know how much I, you know, if I'd get a chance. Um, but, uh, you know, it ended up being, it ended up working out for me for sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, your time in, in San Diego was, you know, you scored some goals, you played some games, um, you know, you, you know, you kind of, you kind of rushed right back uh, to, to Columbus, but um, you know, it seemed like a, a pretty tight locker room there too. And, and, like some sad and, and, you know, really believed in what you could do there. Did, did Landon help you with that at all? Or was it just more of your process of working? No, for sure. Landon's incredible. I don't know, you know, how much you've, 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 you know, interacted with him before, but he's an incredible guy, incredible coach. And for me, it's my first time having a, a forward as a coach. And so he's someone who could teach me little intricacies of, of the position and things like that. And this is the first time in my life I've had that. So I'm totally grateful to him. He, he still texts me, you know, after games, he's a great guy. And, you know, I really owe him a lot. He, he, he had, you know, he put faith in me when no one else did. And, and that's, you know, his, him saying that he believed that I could be, you know, one of the best was, was, was more than enough. I mean, if, if, if Landon Donovan says that, you know, he, he thinks he could be one of the best in, 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 you know, in the country, it's, it's one of the things that, you know, I don't brag about it, but it's the kind of thing that, that internally, like when, when maybe when I'm doubting myself, it's the kind of thing that keeps me going. So it's, it's, it's awesome. Well, just so you know, uh, for future, anytime you talk to an alum, um, 
I played with Landon a little bit on the national team, not much, but I played against Landon. So uh, it's not like I have great memories of Landon Donovan, uh, he, him beating me in MLS Cups and him just, uh, you know, D.C., they used to haze him a lot. And uh, we actually had to ask the fans to stop hazing him because he would score like four goals. Like He would say, I get more motivated because they talk trash. And it was like, guys, y'all are pumping this man up. Um, but to your credit, he is uh, he does things off the ball that people don't you know, I haven't seen anybody else do. You know, he would pull he'd grab you by your jersey and run like try to run you out of space so another guy could get yeah. in there. And it was like it was, I call him like a net. And he's just like, get off me, you know, like just but the guy was good, man. He was a good soccer player and it's fun to see him as a coach now. So let's talk about you, though. Let's go back to uh, back to Columbus. You know, they call you in. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about Jossie. You know, he's he's gets called away. Uh, BWP, who I think is one of the best forwards in the history of the league. Jossie might uh, end up becoming one of those guys. He's got 80 something goals. Um, you know, you might end up being uh, the, the best one of all of them. But uh, just talk to me about going back. And, and you're like you said, you weren't sure if you were even going to get called back. And, you know, now in hindsight, you're you're kind of putting your name on the map. Everybody knows who you are now. Uh, you scored four goals in seven games. That's a, a heck of a scoring record. And uh, if you look at minutes played in goal scored, it's even cooler number. Um, but, but you know, that's tough to sustain. But, you know, just just talk to me a little bit about your your newfound success. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm going to have like 1.4 goals per 90. I don't think that, that is even, I don't think Messi has that. I, I'm, I'm very aware of that. But, um, you know, when I came back and, I was the only forward really available because I think Bradley was hurt. G was gone. And it was the kind of thing where, you know, I think the first game against, against uh, Cincinnati, we actually didn't start a nine. So I was, I came off the bench and we were two nil down in within 20, 30 minutes of that game. And I was thinking, Oh no. And we got a player sent off and I was just, Oh no, I was supposed to come on at halftime and like, yeah, we're going to hold the sub. And I was thinking, well, you know, there it is. Like <laughs> there's, there's my MLS career, you know, f- you know, fading away. And, um, you know, Lucas pulled one back with an amazing, you know, amazing goal as he always does. And, you know, he called me over to come on and I really thought in my head that if I don't score, I'm probably not playing again. Um, because that's honestly how I felt. And I think that's honestly true. I, I had to show myself and show that I was able to do it. And, you know, as a player, you have to pressure your coach to, to have faith in you. And, and, you know, if you're scoring, he, he can't take you off the field. Um, so I knew that and, uh, luckily my chance came, uh, you know, on a great pass from Lucas and I scored and it was the kind of thing where, you know, from there I, I knew that, uh, you know, it, it just, just convinced me that I could do it. So, um, that, that, that was awesome. And, you know, obviously from there I've, I've kind of, you know, continued and taken off. So, yeah, I think there's a couple things, you know, you talk about Lucas and, uh, you know, speaking of the all-star game, I talked to the coaches there and I asked who they were most impressed with and they're like, it was like emphatically Zello Ryan, like this yeah. guy's amazing. Um, you know, I followed him back at Tigris. So I, I, I've known what he could do and that goal you scored, uh, you, the turn you did was amazing. Um, you know, that, that's something you don't normally see. Uh, but it was also, they have an angle of that pass where he, it's a no look pass and he looks everyone off for like, like a couple seconds. So it's a pretty <laughs> incredible. And that's why I say like, you're on a team. And, you know, I think all MLS teams now, you know, it's a little different than when I was in the league. They didn't – not every team had a guy that could pull you apart like that and pick the right pass. And, um, you know, guys like, you know, what you're showing now and some of these other four 
sort of, if you make a mistake, you always didn't get punished. And now the league is good enough where, like you said, you feel like you have to score. So you do score when you get those opportunities are, are, you know, almost every time. So, um, you know, credit to credit to you for the play. And, and you do have some great players, but you've scored, a, you've scored some interesting goals already. Um, you know, you've had some success. And I, I guess my question is, is where do you see this going? Um, you know, like you said, you can learn from some of the best guys to ever do it in MLS. Um, but, you know, where do you see yourself and, you know, where would you like to see this keep going? Yeah, that's a good question. That's something I've, I've honestly thought about a lot about in the last, you know, months and since I've kind of, you know, started to have a little taste of success. And um, honestly, right now with the way the season's going, every single day in training, I know with, you know, Giassi's back healthy that I have to absolutely, you know, scratch and claw for every single minute of the season. Because, you know, Giassi's the kind of guy who, who plays 90 minutes. He runs more than anyone in the field and is fully fit at the end of the game. And so I know there's not many minutes there for, for me, you know, Bradley's kind of back healthy too. And it's the kind of thing where, you know, I have, I have uh, four goals, but it's, I have to scratch and claw for every single minute. So every single day in training, I'm, that's really all I'm focused on is the next day. But, you know, for me, in terms of my career, I, I'd love to go play in Europe, but I'd love to experience a different league. Um, but not to say that th- this league is, is not something that, you know, I'd be proud of to have an MLS career. I, I think this league is, is, totally different from when it was even five years ago. I think it's changed year, year by year. It's changed so fast. Have, I mean, when I came in, they spent $8 million on Lucas Zellerion. That, that's Columbus, a notoriously, you know, cheap, stingy team that had that, it had that, you know, that, that connotation with it. And I mean, we're not that at all. We just built a brand new stadium, brand new training facility, state of the art. Um, and I think this league has changed so much that, you know, it'd be an honor to really have a, have a great career here. Um, but, um, you know, obviously for me, you have to take it one day at a time. I can't be, you know, focused on that kind of thing. Uh, it's it's so far, so far in the future. And there's so many variables that, you know, I just have to fo- I got training tomorrow. That's what I got what I got to focus on right now. So, yeah, I, I think you've got the right attitude. Um, you know, two of my favorite things about you is one stupid stat was like you fouled more people than you've been fouled, which as a defender, I <laughs> As a defender, I love that stat. As a as a defender, yeah, you know, I'd be I'd, I'd I'd buy you a dinner for that just alone. You know, say so keep that going. Meaning you're working on both sides of the ball. And then I think you know uh, you know you are on social media. He's on Instagram. He's on Twitter. Uh, you know, make sure you if you if you enjoy listening to to him here. And um, you know, I think you'll be a name that people will will know as they follow the uh, the the game in MLS. And um, you know, hopefully the national team. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe this one, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I doubt uh, that. We'll see, we'll, where see. Your, we'll see where your allegiance lies and, and how well those, uh, those teams do. Um, but I, I, the thing I liked the most um, was you watch the goals you've scored and the guys are, you know, I think it, maybe it's something to do with the culture, but I also think it's something to do with you. The body language of your teammates is incredible. You've got guys jumping on, you know, Harrison's jumping on you in one in one video after a game, and you know I know that's not the game he got red carded in, but I guarantee <laughs> you he was he was happier you scored uh, at Cincy than he was happier than anybody, um, or maybe that was it at home. But either way, uh, anytime a guy gets a red card, they love it when their forwards score. Uh, but you know, like you said, Josh Williams is jumping on you after a game. All, all these guys are celebrating with you, and I think they're just so happy to see you have some success. And as a team guy myself, I think that's a big sign of one, the club culture, but two, it's a testament to you. So 
um, you know, I hope you, I hope you do keep working. Cause I think those guys around you, they do know how hard you're working and they seem to, uh, they seem to share in your success and, and they're really happy for you, which you don't see on every team. No, I, I appreciate that. And that's, I mean, you know, that's, that's one of the best, the best moments when, you know, I think we're all happy for each other, but I think those guys know how, how hard it's been for me, you know, to, you know, the, my time here, obviously to, to not play, especially when, you know, I, I did play, you know, I came back on loan, played those three games and then I didn't play for five games. And that was, I felt like I was training really well and hard and, and it just, you know, I, I'd scored a goal and it just wasn't happening for me. I wasn't getting an opportunity. Um, and, you know, finally I've, I've, you know, come, come back into the rotation a bit and I've had some more success. Um, but it was incredibly difficult. I think those guys, I owe, I owe all those guys so much. Uh, like I said earlier, some great human beings and, you know, I, I'm, it, it, melts my heart to see how happy they were for me. It, it means that I've had an impact on them. So uh, I, I'm really grateful for all those guys. Well, you, you've definitely had an impact on uh, MLS. You know, you're, you're uh, a household name now, and uh, I'm, I'm nothing but grateful for uh, your time today on the podcast. Um, you know, I, I look forward to following your journey. It sounds, you know, like you've got a great head on your shoulders. And, uh, you know, I, I think, I think it's uh, a bright future ahead and, um, you know, you've got a really, really cool story. So I appreciate you coming on and telling us and, um, you know, can't thank you enough. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to play by players. Visit playbyplayerspod.com for more episodes or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a production of the MLSPA. Learn more at MLSplayers.org.